So, how do you see the world? How do you see the world? Um, do you look at the world as a place of abundance or a place of scarcity? Is there more than enough or not enough? Right? Um, I, I was talking with a friend of mine who's in the, an African-American pastor, and, and she was telling about when she was a kid and people would come by after church, and she knew that her mom had only made enough for the family, just the, the six of them. And somebody would come by, and there was always enough. She said there was always enough. Everybody might have gotten a little bit less, but there was always enough. There's always enough. And I, I think sometimes if the, that, that shapes, if, if we grew up never having enough, that makes it more difficult for us to see that the world is a place of abundance. If we're in a situation where the month's bills exceed the month's income, it is difficult to see the world as a place of abundance. Believe God has given us more than we need, but often we fail to allocate correctly. And I'm not just talking about our individual stealth, I'm talking about all of us. If there, there was a billionaire who his, he was in, he's from Brazil and he was investing in schools. Schools don't make money, just so you know. He was investing in hospitals and in most of the world, hospitals don't make money. America is different, but we'll leave that for a later conversation. He was investing in childcare centers. Guess what else doesn't make money? Child care centers. <laughs> You're like, yeah, I know that. So the reality is we've, he was putting money in all these places. And one of his accountants said, if you continue to spend your money at this rate, you will no longer be a billionaire. And he looked at the guy and said, if I continue to have to give back, I took too much to begin with. Hmm. If I continue to have to give back, I took too much to begin with. Now that's a worldview. One of the reasons we give is to help us see differently. To help us to see. I, I, I confess that I struggle sometimes to see the good all around us. Times when we have baptism help, don't they? When we look at the future of the church and we wonder in 25 years, where are we going to be? And when we, we have families say, I want my kids to be a part of the kingdom of God and I want to do my best, right? It gives hope. It encourages. But sometimes that little light within me, it's, it's hard to see. Sometimes it gets a little cloudy inside, doesn't it? I don't know about you. I'll just talk about me. There are times it gets a little cloudy for me. And, and I don't know which way it works better. For, for some people, getting that light brighter, they begin by, uh, by you know, putting their treasure where they want their heart to be. So they begin with giving to God and living in generosity, and then they see God. Other people experience the grace of God abundantly and want to give in thanksgiving, right? 
and then they get invested in the kingdom of God and it becomes a perpetuating cycle. I don't know which way works best. I'm pretty sure there's more than just those two. But what I know with both of them and with all the hundred thousand million billion ways of getting your heart alive and afire with Christ, I guarantee you it takes intentionality. It takes intentionality. The scripture this morning is often used in stewardship time to talk about money. And so I'll talk a little bit about money because money is one of the more tempting idols we have, correct? I was on vacation the last couple weeks and I had no idea that the Powerball had gotten up to over a billion dollars, I was told. And I only knew this because we got home and we watched the news. Mistake. But as I watched the news and I heard it was over a billion dollars and it, it made sense, the lines at the gas stations we saw, because I was like, they're not at the pumps. Weird. Now I know. Money is a tangible one. What else is an easy idol for us? What? Sports. Sports is an easy idol. What else? Food. Give us this day our daily bread. Right? There was a theologian who said, America's weight problem is not about the food we eat, but the lack of our trust in God. We don't trust God for our daily bread, so we store it on ourselves. Think about it. And how many of us have in our cupboards more food than we would eat in a week? Or three? Or seven? Do I need to keep going up? And I'm not saying like when the beans come in and you, and you can them, right? Do we trust God? Money's an easy one. Food's an easy one. Sports. Power. Anyone else? I'll name the two most uncomfortable ones since nobody else is. Family. Family's a very easy idol right? And nation. 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 Politics. Nation. It is. Nationalism is a very easy one because we love our tribe, our people. It's okay to love. But anytime we put anything next to God, that light in us, whether it's you cannot serve God and money, you cannot also serve God and sports, God and family, God and nation, God and anything else. You serve God. Anytime we elevate something to the same level as God, we will instantly put it over God. Every time. And that light within us will no longer burn as bright. So some things I've learned about taming the idol of money in my life. When, when Elizabeth and I first got married, my parents were teachers 
And so uh, teachers, I don't know if you know, it's one of the professions you don't go into to get wealthy. True story. And so, and so my parents, um, uh, when, when Elizabeth and I got married, I thought there would never be a time that we would uh, not have a car payment. We would always be paying on cars. Um, being a pastor, I never thought we would own a house, but if we did, figured we would have a mortgage always, you know, and so all this stuff. I, I always knew. And, and Elizabeth believed I, I came from a scarcity mindset. That's, I just did. There's not enough. We'll live in debt. And Elizabeth came from an abundance mindset. There's more than enough and we'll figure it out. And so one of the things we did was in order to, to live in that place where we knew we were sustained, where we, we focused on, on being sustained by God, that we, we lived beneath our means, right? When, when we moved to a church that had a housing allowance, the bank said, you were qualified on a $38,000 salary for a $400,000 house. I looked at the person and said, and you're an idiot. We cut that number in more than half. And then we bought a house for 132,000, right? We lived well within our, well beneath our means. We, we, in order to not have a car payment, we bought used cars, found some good mechanics, and I drive a 1998 vehicle, right? It's 2023. I turned 50 this year, my car turned 25. I looked at him and said, you're just a kid, right? So, so we, we drive old cars to live beneath right? Because those old cars can be cheaper to repair until they're not <laughs> because the part doesn't exist and then you're buying a new car. But that's some of the things we did to, to live and, and to trust that we would be sustained, to live beneath our means, right? Now, when, when situations change, we, we get comfortable and we don't want to change things. And I know it's hard and I know life gets funky. And if you don't have enough money to meet the bills, something's got to change. And when, when you're deciding whether you're going to eat or get your meds, that's, it's hard. I'm thankful that I learned what I learned about money when I was 35, not 55. But I believe that we together have enough resources as a church, as a community, as a country, as a world, so that nobody should ever have to be hungry. Nobody should ever have to decide between food and rent or food and meds. We just gotta get more creative and hold some people accountable. Would you pray with me? Holy Spirit, sustain me in faithfully generous living. If we believe where your treasure is, your heart will be also. 
then part of my treasure is, is in taking care of those closest to me by loving them because I believe God called me to do that. And I'm sustaining myself and them in that hope, but I'm also knowing that that sustenance comes not from me, my power, my ability to control things, but it comes from God. What do we pray? Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as in heaven. What's the next part? Give us this day our daily bread. We, we trust that our daily bread is from God. We trust God to sustain us. This is going to be a spiritual act. <coughs> Trusting God for our daily bread, our daily breath. Everything. Part of the way that I live out that trust that God is going to sustain is by living in generosity for all of our life and ministry. Elizabeth and I have given not just to the church, but to those who are in need and to places where there was need. And we had some amazing examples. Growing up, my parents were teachers. How many teachers do I have in the room? How many of you ever went and bought something for your classroom? Right. Did you get reimbursed? Did you get a plaque that said, congratulations, thank you for buying stuff for your classroom? No. Did you get an announcement on the loudspeaker? This morning, I would like to thank Mr. Lesenby for buying something for his classroom. Did that ever happen? Never happened. Did the students ever come by and say, Mrs. Stroud, thank you so much for making sure I could learn? Never happened. Once in a while. I got to see with my own eyes as my parents provided for their classrooms to make sure that the kids they worked with in inner city Indianapolis had everything they needed to be able to learn. Because my parents believed that knowledge is power and that if we don't help kids to learn, we handicap them for their future. I got to see that. And then when I got married, Elizabeth's grandfather owned his own business. It had been a um, metal foundry and it turned into a metals and plastics distributor. And so when we're getting married, he asked me, and he had uh, Parkinson's really bad. And so trying through his, his voice, he said, do you need a job? Because <laughs> he, want, he wanted to make sure that I was going to be able to provide. And, and he had invested when Elizabeth was born, when all of his grandkids were born into the business, and he gave generously, he and Mimi, uh, his wife, gave generously to, to help us. But we saw them give to their church. We saw them give to community organizations. We saw Elizabeth's other grandparents who were um, Baptist preacher and his wife who lived very simply, who lived that we're going to sustain at a level well below what we make so that we can be a blessing. And we saw them give generously to food pantries and to community organizations. We got to see with our eyes how they live generously, not just to their family, but to their communities. Got to see it. 
And, and through my ministry, I got to see in every church, I have seen the generosity of the people called United Methodists who look in their community and say, it is our responsibility. These are our people and we are here to make their lives better. I've gotten to see it. I've seen it from the time I was at Good Shepherd on the east side of Indianapolis until this last week when I saw it happening again, lived out here as it is every single week. Generosity. It's one of the ways we live beneath our means. I give to God trusting that God is going to help me live on the rest. I give to God trusting God's going to help me live on the rest, that I'm going to be okay. And I don't do it so that I get a thank you uh, for giving, right? I don't do it over the loudspeaker. I do it because I believe Life is better when we do that. I, and it helps fuel that fire within me. So that every time I look out, I don't see the person who is struggling financially as a burden to our society as some people see them. I see them as a partner in making our community better. Right? We have one of our churches who has a... Uh, rather large ministry in their community, Broadway in Indianapolis. And they hired a pastor to go into the community just to listen. And they adapted all of their ministries accordingly. And all the people who would come to their food help sessions, they, they instead of treating them as people who just needed a handout, they asked them, what's something you could teach somebody? What are some resources you have that can bless our community that we partner together to make our world better? And we worked together. And they lifted the people who were coming because to come and get food, it's, it's hard. If you've never had to do it, if you've never had to go to a soup kitchen, if you've never had to go and get food from a food pantry, it, there is stigma in our society for that, right? And so when they, people would come, now they're not looked at as clients they're looked at as partners. Wonder what would happen if we did that with our kids' closet. What are the talents that you have? What are some things you could teach people? Right? How do we live with that open hand, that generous spirit? When we look and from within us, we see a world of opportunity. When we see a world of possibility where we see the world of God working everywhere, we want to be a part of that. Would you pray with me? Holy Spirit, sustain me in faithfully generous living. Amen. Through all of our married life, Elizabeth and I have seen many amazing examples of generosity and faithfulness. To live faithfully is sort of the end goal of all of this. It's what John Wesley called growing on to perfection. To, to take every single moment captive as a possibility for God to work through you. I will confess, there are moments 
that are just running out there wild. I'm, they're not captive to anything right now. They're just, woo! It's a party waiting to happen, and it happened. There are moments where I don't think about how is this going to glorify God, but that's what I want every day to be. And that's what, when we let that fire grow brighter, we begin to see more and more possibilities. We see more and more opportunities. We see more and more of God at work. So this week, I hope you will take a moment to play I Spy in your life. Where do you see God at work? Where are you doing okay with sustenance? Where do you need to work on that? Where do you need some help? How do we as a community partner together to do that? Right? Where are you living generously? Celebrate that. Where are you living faithfully? Celebrate that. And let that little light within you shine. Will you pray with me one last time? Holy Spirit, sustain me in faithfully generous. Amen.